What's going on, everybody? Sammy V here with Millennial Stories with Sammy V Podcast, episode number three. Um, for those of you who are new, um, this is an, a podcast where I interview young people that have inspiring stories, that are inspiring people. And today we got Alex Johnson on. Thank you for coming out, man. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate you having me. Uh, Alex has actually been a good friend of mine for since, what, 14, 15 years old? Yeah, long time ago. Played club, club soccer. Still here, day. yeah. So, Kept in touch. And Alex is a mega entrepreneur. He's owned four businesses. He's only 26 years old. Um, he's owned four businesses throughout that time. Um, really since since college. You started yeah, probably 2011 would have been my sophomore year in college. Started my first company and that kind of progressed into everything that we are now. So it's been at it for a long time. I mean, it's a, it's a long haul thing for most people to think, oh, you start a business and boom, you're successful. It's like, it's probably going to take you some time. Yeah. So I've been learning ever since and it's, it's been a good, good process to be through. Well, let's start there. The, um, just to just so you have an idea on what Alex does currently, um, Alex owns Mixed Nutrition, um, Exterior Alliance, and between the two of those businesses, will do close to, if not over, $7 million this year. Is that correct? Yeah, about that range, yeah. Um, and then you just started a real estate company. Yep, well. just starting to get involved in real estate. Bought my first house in September, and now we got another property that I'm going into contract with as a rental. So just continuing to utilize the capital we have, hopefully, for smart stuff. Very cool. Now, um, you... What was the first, you started a business when you were in college, is that right? Yeah, so uh, my sophomore year here at Ashland University, we're actually at Ashland University here, so shout out to the Eagles, uh, but we started uh, an entertainment company that would help some of the people on campus just have something to do. Like, there wasn't that much to do. We're at small town, small town feel, that kind of thing. So we brought some local artists in, you know, paid them a couple of bucks, took the door money, and from there it kind of just grew and grew and grew into some, some pretty big, large-scale events. Um, and that wasn't really like the long-term thing that I thought I was going to do with my life. So it, it's kind of molded and changed into different stuff, the businesses I'm involved in now. But that was the foundation for where I am today. I learned so much in those short years doing that, so much more than you could ever learn in a classroom or working at a coffee shop or whatever it may be. Cause all the concepts I was seeing were real. And it's like, we made a mistake. It's like, that's real money we just lost. Wait a second, you know? So it's like, well, we're not gonna make that one again if we can avoid it. Um, so that, that was huge for me. And that kind of broke the box for me in my thinking that said, hey, here's how you make money. You go to school, you get a job, you know, you save, you put money into your 401k, and then when you're 65, you retire. And it's like done and over with. Like that broke the mold for me because we could make a couple thousand bucks in a couple of hours. And it wasn't like, oh, I had to work for six weeks to make that money. Like if things went well, we made money like, like that. So um, it was definitely hard work, but it, it opened my eyes to the bigger picture and showed me like, this is what I'm gonna be doing for the rest of my life. Like I'm not, I'm not meant for an office and a cubicle and sitting around and trading dollars for hours kind of thing. So that was starting that business and running that that was when you, you said, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Did you always think that I'm going to? Well, I, I didn't know. So I, I got to school, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I was undecided when I got to school. Like, I honestly came to school to play soccer. Like, I didn't come to school to learn. Like, or, or yeah, yeah, I was going to be a byproduct, but I always knew I wanted to play soccer, so I came here and had the opportunity to do that. 
Um, and I somehow, by happenstance, got put into an entrepreneurship class and started getting through it. And I was like, I kind of like this. And my professor, he said something that stuck with me to this day. He said, start a business while you're in college. Well, that seems like counterintuitive advice. I don't have any money. I don't have, right. I've never done it before. I'm young. I have a lot of stuff on my plate. I'm playing soccer and I'm going to school. But his logic was, well, think about it. You don't have any money, so you got nothing to lose. You got all these resources behind you. You got the whole campus around you. You got a captive customer base here. And if it doesn't work out, that's okay. You're only 18, 19 years old, you know? So, like, you're not staking your mortgage and your house and your child's income or uh, education on it, you know? Yeah. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And it's not to say that we didn't, it didn't work for us, it did work, but I just saw long term that wasn't my path. And it was a springboard to what we're doing now. So that's always stuck with me, and that's, been, that, that's what brought me to this point. What do you think in that process, um, when you first started that business, or that first business, what's the, one of the biggest things that you learned? Or what, what was a failure that you had that you learned from that has now helped you succeed in the other businesses you have now? I'd say the biggest thing that I learned is you aren't going to know what everything. I mean, you're not going to know really what you're doing at all until you get in there and start getting your hands dirty. Like, I didn't know that much about entertainment. Like, I didn't know what to say in my emails to artists, like, when we were trying to book them. Looking back, you probably, like, think, oh, that was naive. Like, we, should, you know, we shouldn't have said those <laughs> things, you know? Like, yeah. we were throwing out all this stuff that we didn't really know if we could pull it off or not. And um, it's really about just going for it more than it is making sure that every step along the way is perfect. Yeah. Um, you know, I didn't know what it would look like to hire an employee, or I didn't know whether the contracts we were writing were sound or not, but we just went with it. And we weren't concerned with making mistakes. We knew those were gonna happen, yeah. but we just trusted our ability to kind of rebound and keep on going and go through those without you know, losing everything, because we didn't have anything. So, you know. right. uh, so that's what I would say, is just picking up as, as you go along what you need to know, because you're not going to ever know everything about a field when you go into it, unless you've already been doing it for 10, 15 years. Right. So, and by that point, you, know, you, you started somewhere, so you didn't know anything about it at one point. Um, and that's the same thing about you know, my online sales company. I didn't know anything about selling online. You know, I can't code. I still can't code. Like, I'm not like a great tech guy, but we just knew a little bit about social media, stuff that we had just picked up over time, and we took it and ran with it, and we got better and better and better. And now we're so good at it that we consult for other people. So it's like, well, we never had a chance to do that when we started. We, no one would have taken us seriously. But now we have the credibility because we've been doing it for a long time. Same thing with my construction company. Like I tell people, like, you don't want me hanging pictures in your house. Because like, that, that wasn't me. Like, yeah. I wasn't the handy guy. Like, that's not how I got into that. I got into that because I was doing some sales. My business partner brought me in. And he said, hey, look, we can do this, and we can do it better than the guys that we're working with now. So yeah. let's go for it. So I was like, all right, well, don't know a huge amount about this, but I trust my own ability to make things work and to learn from my mistakes. So, Yeah. You've said it like three or four times. You said the, you said the three words, go for it. Do you think, what's the, you know, obviously there's been things that you've failed at, that you've made a bunch of mm -hmm. mistakes in the, in the process, um, but you're 26 years old, you've got, now three businesses and two of them combined are going to do around seven million this year. That's that's pretty good for a 26-year-old. Um, what do you think is the biggest difference between you and 
another 26-year-old out there? Well, I think I do have the good fortune that I started, you know, when I was 18, 19, like probably 19 years old. So the lessons that a 26-year-old who's just starting today would pick up, like I might have learned those like six years ago. Um, but you got to learn them at some point, and that's all about just like starting the process. Like I had a buddy that I just saw on Friday night. He's like, I'm thinking about starting a business. Tell me about it. And I told him some stuff, and he's like, so what if I do if I hit a snag? I was just like, call the state of Ohio, like just get somebody on the phone, start asking questions. Hey, I don't understand workers' compensation. Explain it to me. You know, it's like you, you just got to learn somewhere, you know, and not being afraid to get out and, and firsthand find that information that it's going to be necessary to take you forward. And I feel like so many people think that this is an unbelievably daunting task starting a business, and it definitely is. It's it's a marriage, it's not a date, we're not dating. You know, if you're going into business, like you're married to it. Yeah. Um, but you never know whether that's gonna be the perfect time, the perfect situation, you know, the perfect business idea so you, until so you, you go. Yeah. And once you get going, you're gonna find out, well, hey, it wasn't perfect when I started it. But now, because I'm doing that, I see this next opportunity that's right around the corner. I mean, that's what Mixed was. Mixed, we, we had a very different idea of what we thought we were going to be with our end product. But we started our website to make a couple of bucks to funnel that project. And then we were like, oh, shoot, we're actually making some good money with this website. Yeah. And then we had a rep uh, that told us, hey, I have an account doing half a million dollars a month on Amazon. I said, do you mean half a million a year? He said, half a million a month. <laughs> we were driving home. I was like, we need to get on Amazon. My business was like, yep, we need to figure this thing out. Yeah. So that, that's like 99% of our revenue. We didn't know a dang thing about Amazon, but we just made a seller account and we took our bumps along the road. You know, our seller account almost got shut down because we were late shipments and things like that. And it wasn't because we weren't, you know, smart enough to figure it out. We just had to like say, okay, well, this is really relevant. We got to make sure this is here and that's here and this is here. And, you know, now we have a really big Amazon seller account with perfect feedback and all that stuff, but that wasn't what it started as. Right, and that's right. not what anybody's going to start as. Right. So that's a, it's a, just I think that's what, I think there's a big thing that what holds people back, I think, especially young people. And you said it a couple of times, you said it once, you said the idea of getting a good job, you know, getting a degree to get a good job so you can have a 401k so you can retire when you're 65. Not that that's a bad thing no. to do. But um, there's so many ways to make money in this country. You know what I mean? Like, there isn't just this one set way, especially with technology now. Oh, man. You know, I was, you were chatting before this, and there's this girl, a teenage girl that started a YouTube show about slime, about slime, and makes seven, she retired her mom. Right. On a YouTube show about slime. There's so many ways you can make money. So like we were saying, there's people making half a million dollars a year playing video games. Yeah. That career didn't exist like three, four years ago. Like, that was not a career path. If you were playing video games in the basement, what did mom say? Like, get, get serious, Sam. It's like, well, <laughs> I am serious, you know? Like, but the box that people, I don't think that it's maybe society that puts them in it. They mentally put themselves in that box. They say, I got a friend who really, really wants to start a business, but he just loves that paycheck every two weeks. Yeah. And he just is so nervous to break out of that cycle of getting that paycheck every two weeks that he just hasn't pulled the trigger. And I know he wants it. He says, I want to do this. I said, you 
just gotta start, man. Like, yeah. you know, there's no magic formula for doing this thing unless you get going and you find out what's gonna work and what's not gonna work. You gotta knock some doors, you gotta find out where the opportunities are, and you're never gonna be able to see where those opportunities are if you're not in it already. Right. What do you think, what, what is it like being a 26 year old running two, now three companies? What's that day to day like? Um, is it glamorous, is it, what, what's it like? It's super glamorous. Um, <laughs> you know, I drive in a really fancy car. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's the opposite of glamorous. Like, I saw some buddies up here in Ashland last night, and they said, like, what do you do, you know, on the weekends? And I'm like, not a lot. Like, I'm, like, pretty uncool, to be honest. I'm not, like, going out and flaunting and doing stuff like that. Like, I'm mostly working, and my downtime, I'm thinking about working, or I'm just trying to rest, relax, like, recuperate kind of thing. Um, I, you know, I, I'm fortunate that we're at a point in our business that, I'm not having to work like 60, 70 hours, 80 hours every single week. Like we've built those things up and we have some people in place that like can help put out fires, but I'm still the guy that you know, at the end of the day takes the calls and I have the responsibility and I'm processing the payroll and you know making sure people are getting their 401k benefits and all this stuff. Oh, we gotta let somebody go. Alex, what has to happen? Like, oh, we gotta figure it out, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's a very, um, non-glamorous lifestyle it's not the social media lifestyle that so many people are like hoping for like i'm going to start a business so i can take a picture of my bentley with my rolex like sitting on it like that's the opposite of of my life you know yeah. like that stuff to me it it that looks like a waste of money but you know because i know how hard it is to make money when you're a business owner yeah. so you know maybe someday down the line yeah i'll treat myself to like you know, a nice car or something, yeah. but I wouldn't mistake it for an investment. You know, it's like, oh, I'm kind of wasting some of my money here, you know? I think that's a, one thing is that not everybody's gonna be an entrepreneur, not everybody's gonna, you know, not everybody, I don't think, I don't think not everybody's meant to be an entrepreneur. No, but, most definitely not. Um, but one thing that I think is like, the, an entrepreneur is like the new celebrity. And you were talking about this on the phone a couple weeks ago. Entrepreneur is like the new celebrity. And, all, and it's good that, that young people want to be entrepreneurs, but like they don't, a lot of times don't understand how hard it is no, to, to start a business and build it. Um, it's not glamorous, you know, it, it takes a lot of work, it takes a lot of time, and honestly, you fail a bunch, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that that, the good thing about social media right now is you can, you can start a business, you can build a business from your cell phone, yeah. But the bad thing about it is, is that the perception that entrepreneurship is this glamorous and easy and like this awesome lifestyle, and it is, but like it's not like, it takes a lot of hard work, a lot of time. That's part of the reason why I wanna do this is because you know, you see on, you know, on social media you'll have guys that, you know, that are 50, 60 years old and they have this lavish lifestyles and they're, they run hundreds of million dollar companies, you know what I mean? But like, what it took to get them there is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so, um, a 26-year-old running two businesses that have seven million, you know, seven million dollars in sales—that's that's that's a successful business. But that is, I think, more realistic for someone to think about at age 20. That you know, maybe in 10 years, I can be there. And here's one of the things that I said to you too when we were on the phone. 
you know, you look at these people on the Shark Tank, right? You know, oh, Mark Cuban, you know, he's got more money than you could probably ever spend. He absolutely does. But, like, you don't need a billion dollars to be successful, you know? Like, if you have a couple of million dollars in your bank, like, to me, you're, you're rich, you're very successful, and that's probably all you need, honestly, to live the rest of your life out if you're smart with your money. Like you don't need to have you don't need to have fifty million dollars if you want to drive a Bentley and you know have yeah. a mansion. Yeah, sure. But you know, being a success, it's not the highlight reel that is Instagram or Twitter, yeah. and you know those pictures that you see, and that puts this perception into people's minds that oh, you run a business, you, you must have a ton of money. It's like well, a lot of money flows through. I mean, money <laughs> comes in, money goes back out. You know, I got employees and insurance and I got you know 401k benefits that I'm paying for and I have uh, four different offices it's like money's just going everywhere you know and taxes goodness me you know we just passed April and taxes and it's just a hard life there's no doubt about that but the rewards can be there yeah. but it's not for everybody it's like you said you know I have a lot of guys um, specifically salesmen from my construction company that when they come in they say like, Alex, I, w I want, like, the money. I'm like, okay, I'm be honest with you. This is an opportunity. You can make a lot of money. I have a sales guy who made $120,000 last year. To me, that's, that's a ton of money. But he's, like, one of the biggest hustlers I've ever met in my life. Like, he's the type of guy from, like, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m., like, he's ready to answer his phone. Like, he won't let it ring more than one time. Yeah. And he's This is Dan with Exterior Alliance. You're like, okay, I get it why you're doing that. Right. But a lot of the guys who come in, they just want the money, but they don't know what it takes. Wow. Yeah. And they can't, they can't wrap their heads around why this one guy's having so much success and they're not. Well, it's not anything except yourself. Like you are the variable that's like separating you from that. Yeah. And it's not for everybody. It's not, you know, some people do better getting that every day, you know, every day in and out and then the paycheck at the end of two weeks. Yeah. And that makes more logical sense to them. But I was fortunate that I was able to kind of mentally break that box and say this is not the only way to do it or this is not the way that's going to fit for me it does for some people it doesn't for everyone now um how did you get started so mixed is probably would you say it's it's your biggest business right now right it is in terms of revenue um actually not in terms of employees um we have the fortune that we can lean on some some outside entities to do a lot of our fulfillment and things like that but that started in 2000 14, the end of 14. So let's go through, how did you get started and, and what, what is Mixed Nutrition? How did you get started in it? Yeah, so Mixed Nutrition, we have the nutrition in our name, but we sell a little bit of everything at this point in time. We have honey, cosmetics, bath bombs. We sell chocolates, not nutritious by any means. Um, <laughs> you know, a variety of different supplements. We sell fitness equipment. And if you told me, hey, I got a, a boot, you know, I just created these new boots. They're perfect. Like, I want them on Amazon. Like, we could take that and run with it because it's really the same methodology, just repeated across the products. Okay. Um, but we started with the intention of doing something radically different with mixed nutrition. But in order to make money, because I just got out of college, like I didn't have any money. I think me and my business partner both put in probably about a thousand bucks. We built a website with that money. And the supplement industry was just so funny at the time. These rep, reps from these companies, they would just give us their product. Like, take the product, try it yourself. If you like it, we want you to buy it. We were like, do you want this product? It's like, let's put it on eBay. Just 
put the product on eBay, put the supplement samples on eBay, all that stuff, made money with that. We went to our distributors, bought more product, put it on our website, bought more product, back to the website, and it just grew and grew and grew from there. You know, So from minimum orders of $250 at our distributors to just two weeks ago, we placed a $100,000 purchase order, the biggest we've ever placed. Yeah. So it's like, it's just building. And that is one thing that I definitely recommend young people, especially if it's your first business, especially if it's your first business, start with a thousand bucks, two thousand bucks. Like, don't think you need a bank loan. Don't think you got to drain your savings account. Like, oh, yeah. start small and prove that you actually can do it, want to do it. You know, there's an opportunity there. Like, yeah, you can do the feasibility studies, you can write the business plan and all that stuff. But until you get into it and you start going, you don't really know. Right. I, was, I was speaking at Ashland um, a year ago, and there was a student in the front row who said, okay, I want to start a restaurant. I need $200,000 from the bank. I didn't have the heart to tell him like, that probably wasn't going to happen from the bank because I know, I know what banks are like right now. But um, I said, okay, well, what if we had $1,000 and we had to start the same business? He says, I don't think it would be possible. I said, do you think you could buy like a food cart or a food truck? He said, maybe a food cart. You ever see those downtown, yeah. you know, you're going out, you know, late night gyro, stuff like that. He's like, I could probably do that. And I was like, well, wouldn't that prove the concept that your food's good? You actually like standing behind the kitchen. You can sell. You're, you're dealing in cash, transact, instant feedback right then and there. He said, well, yeah, I, I could probably do that, but that's not what I want to do. I want to start a restaurant. It's like, Let's make sure that we, we are being a little bit realistic about what yep. we're doing and proving that, again, this concept works. I'm actually good at doing this. Because if you get a $200,000, I don't know, maybe your parents, your uncle, you, you know, your neighbor loans it to you. You get a $200,000 loan and you don't like it or you don't, your food's no good, it's like, well, shoot, like, this is going to set yeah, me back years. Back. Yeah, 10 years, five years. You may never, ever start another business because you might just be scarred from that. But if you start small, maybe while you're on the street, you know, running your, your cart, you figure out, hey, well, this isn't the opportunity. Everyone wants XYZ product. Yeah. You know, everyone wants this particular item. Or maybe my, you know, market's actually in drinks. I, I didn't ever think that until I got out there and found out. And it's just the experimentation process. You're going to learn all those skills you need to run a business while you're doing that, and you're going to scale naturally. And, you know, both of my businesses don't have debt. We don't have any long-term debt. It's hard for a lot of businesses to say. That's because we follow that same exact method. Thousand bucks, put it in, take it and run with it. Yeah. So, so you, don't need, you don't need money to make money? Is that what you're saying? I mean, it helps to have some money, but the biggest thing I would say is you're going to learn the skills necessary to run your business while you're working to grow yeah. the business. We were just talking about this before, too, that it's like um, you were telling me a story about uh, somebody that had a business idea for a business, and they were already talking yeah, about getting yeah. wired before yeah. they Yeah, they wanted to produce something, and I said, well, this is a product that we're going to have to manufacture if we want the cost to get down. So my, you know, the cogs are turning for me. Okay, we need a facility. We need equipment. We need laborers and things like that. And he said, well, you know, I was hoping we would get acquired before we ever had to get to manufacturing. And I'm thinking, like, we've, we've never had one, we have not sold one single product. We have not made a dollar with this concept. Like, let's, let's 
figure out the things that you actually need to do to make this right. concept viable before you're talking about getting acquired. It's a good idea. There's a lot of smart people who have a lot of good ideas out there. Like, by construction company, like, we're not unique by any means. Like, we, we don't have a unique feature. Like, we great customer service, great quality, good pricing, absolutely. But, you know, there's a hundred different companies like us. Well, how are you successful? How can it work? Well, it's like you don't have to reinvent the wheel always to be extraordinarily successful. There's a lot of restaurants. If you have a restaurant, is it going to fail instantly? No, absolutely not, you know? McDonald's has competition, Burger King has competition. They're still billion-dollar companies. Um, so that's another thing that I think a lot of people who are starting their first business get fixated on. Like, it has to be unique. There has to be nothing like this out there in the product right. market. Like, it has to be you know, absolutely a revolution. Well, no. Is that a good thing if you have that? Yes, but there might be a reason why no one's brought that to market yet, you know? And the particular idea that they were discussing is a unique idea, and it could work, but there was a lot of hurdles that were going to inhibit it from having success, too. So it's just about balancing those things and yep. finding out what works. And as they got going, they found out, this isn't going to work, you know? And that wasn't a bad thing for them. It was just part of the natural process of going at it. But if they had sunk thirty, fifty, sixty, hundred thousand dollars into it, then they find out it's not going to work after that. It's like, are they any better off? Absolutely not. Right. That's what I did when I started my private soccer training businesses. I I, I called uh, two people that were friends of mine that do it already, yeah. and I just did exactly what they did. I charged the same pricing. You know, my buddy sent me an email. I said, just send this email out. All right. And I copied and pasted the email, and you know, so now I do things differently now. But yeah. Like, you know, you don't have to. You're right. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can look at what other people are doing and maybe try to do it a little bit better or Definitely. differently. Absolutely. Absolutely. And see, is there a way to, you know, um, do this a little differently? Or are they just not able to do it in this particular location? So I'm going to do it here and I can, you know, take advantage of it. So, um, there's, I've talked to young people, and the biggest thing that I think that they really struggle with, and I think, I mean, I do to an extent as well, um, is just getting started. You know what I mean? And, like, they have great ideas, what they want to do, or this, that, or the other, but they're held back by, by some sort of fear, whether it's fear of failure, fear of what people will think, fear of, um, you know, what, you know, fear of not fitting in, you know what I mean? I think the social media culture has also contributed to that fear of what people think, you know what I mean? Like, oh, if I start this and I start posting about this, like, what are my friends going to think? Well, my 300 friends on Facebook, what are they going to think? I'll tell you exactly what they're going to think. They're not really going to care that much. <laughs> That's, uh, I think, one of the things that I said yeah. to you. It's, you know, when I started my companies, I thought everyone was going to be, like, jazzed up. Like, this is so cool that he's doing this. Yeah. Like, really almost crickets, nothing. You know, my mom was excited, like that's about it. Yeah. You know, we were excited, but you know, then somebody posts a picture of their dog and it gets 50 times the interaction. And you're like, this is kind of weird, I don't understand, yeah. you know? And that kind of like, it, I don't Did say Did that it, discourage you at all? I don't want to say that? it, yeah, it discouraged me, but it, it made me a little bit confused because I felt like I was doing something that was like impactful it was meaningful you know it wasn't just the same thing that everyone does every single day yeah. and some of my friends they were naysayers 
as well. Some of my really good friends, naysayers. And I was like, I can't understand this. Why? The box. They, hadn't, they, had, they couldn't break out of that box that said, you can make money in a different way than the way that I am making money. One of my friends, best friends in the world, but he's a teacher. So it's like a very like systematic job. You know, I make money, I come here, and they, they pay me my paycheck. So he couldn't wrap his head around what we were doing until he saw it, until he came to an event. And he was like, you guys are actually making money doing this thing. Like, this is crazy. Now I want to be a part of this. It's like, all right, man, <laughs> come on. You know. Um, so how did you overcome that hurdle of like um, your, maybe your closest friends being naysayers? You know, how did you, how did you overcome that hurdle? Well, initially, it, it did motivate me in some way, shape, or form. You know, I got, oh, man, we got haters now, you know, kind of thing. But, Hashtag haters. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> but now it's just like I'm so about, like, myself and my, my businesses and my team and my family. So, like, when someone in the company will say, like, well, this company's doing this thing and this thing and this thing, and I'm like, that's good, you know. If it's a good idea, we can draw upon it, but like, let's focus on us, kind of thing. Like, because you can only control what you can control, and that's yourself, your attitudes, the variables that you have, you know, within your arm's reach. But what other people are going to think, they're going to think. And like, why am I going to spend my time trying to change their minds if they're not looking to be changed? You know what I mean? They're not, they're not asking for that change. So it is what it is. And, you know, I would say that going back to entrepreneurship and it being glamorous, like, I'd say I have fewer friends than I have had at other points in my life. Not because, you know, they've scorned me and they've, you know, not been interested in what I'm doing, but it's a little bit harder for me to relate to certain people because I think that a lot of people like to have surface level conversations about yeah. things and that, that bugs me. And maybe that's because of my time in business. Maybe that's just me and who I am. But, you know, when I see you, like, I want to talk about some real stuff. Like, I want to hear how you're doing. Tell me about your businesses. Tell me about, you know, all these things, you know, your ideas, your projects, things like that. Most people don't want to do that. They just yeah. want to have that, like, well, yeah, how's, how's, how's work? Oh, it's good. It's fine. It's like, move on, you know, kind of thing. Um, so I have fewer friends than I have in past. And also because, you know, my schedule and just as I'm finishing up work, like, I'm tired. Like, I'm not trying to, like, go to the bar kind of thing. Yeah where I feel like a lot of people are, are looking to do those things on the weekend to escape from work. Like, I like what I'm doing, certainly, okay. you know. Yeah, it's good to have a break now and then, but it just, you know, it's, diff it's more difficult for me to relate to people. Yeah. I find myself more different than most people, than I am more similar. I can totally, I can totally relate to you on that. So I, I just wrote two blogs, I haven't posted them yet. I don't know when and, when and if. I write, when I write, I probably write three times as much as what I actually post. One of them is entrepreneurship is lonely. Mm -hmm. It can be. Um, it is, yeah. And my least favorite question is, what do you do for fun? I hate that question. And then what, what are your friends say? Oh, he just works. He just yeah, works. Yeah. You're like, all right, man. Yeah, okay, whatever. Um, he doesn't have any fun. He just works. It's like, well, that's it's, it's fun for me, yeah, but it's also serious for me. And, yeah. and for me, it's like I feel a responsibility, too, like. It's not just me in the business, you know. Now I have you know, almost 10 employees, and my brother works with me, and you know I have responsibility to my business, you know, business partners, and all these people that have you know made these sacrifices so that what I'm doing, what we're doing, can grow. Like now I, I owe it back to you, um, so I can't just say, like, eh, you know, well, I'm not coming in Monday, Tuesday. It's not like 
that's never that never crosses my mind. Like, well, I'm the boss. I can do whatever I want. It's like, well, no, I'm the boss, so I have like responsibilities. And and I I would never even call myself the boss. You know, I'm just one of the guys who on paper owns part of it. You know, yeah. I would never ask my employees to do something that I wouldn't be willing to do. No. So if my employees you know got to come in on Saturday, I'm gonna be there. That's good leadership, man. Though you said you said responsibility. Like another way, another word for leadership is ownership or responsibility. You absolutely, know I mean? absolutely. And not, you know, I think that's that's probably why you've been pretty successful. Is you're not you're you would never ask an employee to do something you wouldn't do. Um, I think that's probably maybe a big reason why you've been been successful. I think of everyone in my team as like e equals. Yeah. You know, yeah. At some point, there's somebody who has to make a decision, and you know, you may have an idea, and I have a different idea. Somebody's just got to make a decision. Sometimes that's me, you know. But I consider us all like equals, you know. I'm never going to say like, well, I'm not going to listen to that idea because you're just one of the guys who packs boxes. Like that's not the way that I think about things, you know. You may not have all the information that I have about the decision that has to get made, but you know, your opinion is just as valid as mine. Um, and that's hard sometimes balancing that because you know when I want people's feedback, but then I, if I have to go in a different direction, sometimes people's feelings are like, well, you know, he's not listening to what I'm saying. It's, well, no, it's not like that, but I just have to do what's best for the business. And sometimes that's your thoughts, sometimes that's my thoughts, sometimes that's just a thought we have to run with kind of thing. But, you know, you were saying about relating to people, and this is one of the things that I actually just read uh, a while back that I thought was really interesting. And it said, you don't have to be everyone's favorite person. Like, you and I have probably met those people that, like, everybody seems to like this guy. He's so likable, you know, he's yeah. so easy to get along with, you know. Everyone seems like he likes this guy. Like, that's okay if you're not that guy. That's great to be that guy, but it's okay if you're not. And I kind of start to think of myself as, like, a niche person. Like, I have my niche. You know, I have my niche in business. I have my niche as a person. It's like, that's okay if you're into my niche. That's okay if you're not into my niche, right. too. You know, that's not, that doesn't mean that I'm a bad guy, you're a bad guy. It's just that we're different. Yeah. Everybody's different from each other. That's why you have skills that I don't have, and then vice versa, you know? We don't have camera skills. That's why we're not doing the camera <laughs> right. thing, you know? Um, but it's just an interesting way of thinking about people and definitely being, you know, the, the one of the owners of a company, you have to manage those people and, and how you interact with them. And that's hard. I'd say being in business, one of the hardest things is managing people. Yeah. Like dollars and cents, those are easy. Those don't ever change. Like people, people will change. They'll have one attitude one day, and they'll have another attitude another yeah. day. So, um, got to be able to work. I, um, do you read a lot? I listen to a ton of audiobooks. Okay. Um, so I, I don't drive a ton, but I drive like probably half hour to forty minutes a day. So I almost always am listening to audiobooks. Um, I, I read a little bit, probably not as much as I could. Like, I, I don't sit down and, like, open a book as much. I read a lot of articles. I just got on Medium. I don't know if you've ever used Medium before. It's, like, just an application. I, I, just, I just heard of it. You could probably start posting on Medium. That'd probably actually be good. Okay. Um, but a lot of, like, smaller people who have specific topics post. And it's kind of cool because they'll just start to filter, like, things that you've read in the past, things that are similar, and things that you might okay, like. Nice. Yeah. So it's that algorithm they're getting, yeah. But <laughs> I do that, and then I, I try to learn new skills. Like, I'm like trying to learn weird new skills. Like I'm trying to learn Spanish. You know, I'm trying to learn to play piano. Why do you do that? They're just interesting to me. Um, I'm trying to learn Spanish because I would love to travel a little bit more, you know, when I have time to do that. I'm trying to learn piano just because I like music and it's interesting to me. 
Um, and I'm. My mom's been trying to get me to learn piano for since I was born. I, when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I just vehemently said, "No, I'm not doing this. This yeah. is this is silly. I'm not doing this." I fought it all the way through basically high school, and now here I am. Like I'm, I'm actually paying someone to get lessons, <laughs> and it's like they'd have just given me these for free. I should have just paid attention, you know. But now I'm paying somebody. Um, it's just, it's partially me. I think it keeps your brain sharp too. I mean, there's a lot of science behind learning a new language or learning to play piano. It keeps your brain going. But I also just need something to like transition out of the business too, because I'm just in it so much that sometimes you're just like, man, I need to think about something different. I need to put my phone down so nobody's emailing me, calling me, texting me, you know, no social media notifications, that kind of thing. Like, I just need something different to yeah. take my mind and, and put my energy into other things. What do they say? They say you need three things in life to be happy. A job you like, a creative endeavor that you like, and then an athletic endeavor that you like. What more do you need, you know? I like to play soccer. I like, I like, I like to play soccer. I like to climb. I like the mu music. I write and I try to read a lot. And my jobs are good, so what more can you ask for? Um, if you could give a piece of advice to a, somebody in college, just getting out of college, a millennial, whether they want to be, um, doesn't have to just be an entrepreneurial type person, but if you could give advice, one piece of advice to them, what would it be? I would say if they're trying to be an entrepreneur, I would say don't overthink it. Again, don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to wait. And waiting is sometimes the worst thing, especially for entrepreneurs because it's much more difficult to start a business when you're 50 than when you're 20. Not for the simple fact that you know, you're older, but you have so many more responsibilities at that age. You got a house, you got a mortgage, you got kids, you got a wife, you got you know, education payments. You got a, like, there's a lot of stock that has been put into you. Um, but when you're young, you don't have those things and you have kind of just that raw energy that a young person has that you can just put laser-like focus into something. So I would say if, if you're a young person looking to get into entrepreneurship, it doesn't have to be like, I quit my job and now I'm doing the, like, go like do a little side hustle, you know, like maybe just sell some of the stuff you have on eBay and see where that takes you, see what you learn. Um, you know, maybe it's, it's doing the food cart thing, spend a couple hundred bucks and do the food cart thing. You know, I was working multiple jobs before I actually cut the cord and said, hey, I gotta go do mixed nutrition full time. The way that I always tell my sales guys, especially if they have other jobs, is when you are literally giving away money by not being here with us full time, quit your other job. When you're losing money by working that job, come, come be with us full time. But don't do that beforehand, you know, because there is a period where like you, get, you should be doing both, you know, um, and that's what I did with Mixed. For someone just in everyday life, um, Maybe mindfulness. I don't know if that means much to you. Mindfulness. You talk about self-awareness or self-awareness and just just thinking about the things that you're doing a little bit more. Um, you know, why am I picking up my phone to get on Twitter right now? Is this something that I really even want to do, or is it something that like I'm, it's kind of happening on autopilot? Huh. Like a lot of people are just on autopilot. You know. Like I go to my job Monday through Friday, and then Friday night I get to do something fun, but then I'm back to my job Monday through Friday. Like, 
life isn't supposed to be like that. Right. Like life isn't is supposed to be something new and engaging every single day. And um, I work on it all the time, like trying to be in the moment. Like certainly I'm I'm not always, but focusing on what's happening right now. Like not worried about what's going to happen later tonight. Not worried about ha what happened yesterday. Like let's think about here. It's all we get, man. Uh, absolutely. The only thing that exists is right now. That's right. You know, the future, it'll be maybe here at some point, but it's not. In the past, you can't go back. Nobody knows a way to go back. So let's just focus on this right now. And, you know, I think that allows you to make real connections with people. I think that's another reason why, you know, maybe it finds, yeah, it's more difficult for me to connect to people in some way, shape, or form. You know, I'm talkative. I'm, you know, relatively, I think I'm okay to talk to, but... I think some people just don't want to like get deeper. You know, you meet somebody for the first time and you ask them, "Hey, can can I ask you a question? Are you happy?" They're gonna go. This is, <laughs> this is a deep question. Yeah. That's a simple question, though, yeah. isn't it? Right? Yeah. It's either yes or no, or well, there's shades of gray in there. Yeah, I'm happy some days. Some days I'm not so happy. But try that next uh, next time you meet somebody new. I'm gonna ask you a question. Are you happy in your life? Some people might be offended, right? Right. right. Um, but I that's just the world. You, I hate. My biggest pet peeve is surface level stuff. Like I, I don't, one of my favorite words is facade. Because like there's so much of a facade in so many different things, whether it's in business, whether it's in school, education, church, there's so much of a facade going on in so many different areas. I just can't stand it. My, I was talking to a friend of mine that um, he goes to the same church as I do and he, he was talking about um, people in his life that are, are a mile wide but an inch deep. He's like, I want people in my life that are inch wide and a mile deep. I like that. Because he's like, I can actually build a real authentic connection, relationship with those people that aren't just so surface level. And That's hard, though. That's yeah. hard. A lot of people aren't ready for that. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have these preconceived notions about what a relationship with someone's supposed to be like, who I am supposed to be like, or what I'm supposed to be like, and it inhibits them, I think, from that. And I, I do think that the internet and technology has made it harder for people to be real. Yeah. You know, remember when we were kids, you know, what you had to do if you wanted to go hang out with your buddy? You had to call him yeah. on right. a landline. Right, right, with a cord. <laughs> hey, I'm looking for Jimmy. I'm wondering if he's available. You know, I want to, like, yeah. now it's just this thing. You know, here's, here's another funny thing that I noticed, and I'm sure this, this has been studied, but if you're sitting in a group of people, pick up your phone, see what other people do. Everybody picks up their phone. They get a little anxiety, like, why am I not on my phone? You know, what am I missing? And once you start to, like, look at that, you're like, what is happening? So I don't have Facebook on my phone. I don't have Instagram on my phone. I don't have Snapchat on my phone. I have accounts, but I don't have them on my device. I have Twitter. I get on Twitter, like... Still here and there. Yeah. Um, People are hanging on my every word. <laughs> no, most definitely not. You know. Well, last question. Um, what is what does success look like to you? That's a great question, and I think success has to be different for every single person. You know, success, the American dream, if you will. It's not like living in a high rise and and having 20 million in your bank, that can be success. But success could be, you know, I have a consistent income, and so does my wife, who I love, and we have 
two or three beautiful kids, and we're very, very happy with what we've been able to build. Like success is, is to me something internal. That's like an, an appreciation and acceptance of what you have done in past and have built for yourself. So for me, you know, I, I, I don't want to be a billionaire. Like I know what it takes to get to that level, and I don't want to do that my whole life. Like that's not something that I think is going to make me feel more gratified about myself. So this will be the last question, and you touched on it just a little bit there. Um, but what does fulfill you? What do you find to be like your purpose? Yeah, I definitely think that I have goals that I have to accomplish, almost as like, almost as like a base level. Like if that makes sense, you know, uh, kind of gotta fill my cup up before I kind of start to pass it on. But um, this was something I wrote down probably four years ago, kind of my, my purpose or my mission statement, if you will. And it's to establish myself as a leader in the business community and use entrepreneurship to show people what it can do in their lives. So that, that's why I attempt to be really involved here at Ashland University. You know, they gave me something, I attempt to give it back. You know, I attempt to help Anybody, anybody who wants to reach out to me and like bounce business ideas off of me, like I by all means would do that, and I can give you my contact info so that like you have that. Um, but it's about helping other people achieve, you know, some of the things that I think have been great in my life, and showing them that's not too far down the line. You know, and I think that's you know half of the reason you're doing this podcast is you want to show people that it's not out of reach. Like, it's not unattainable. You know, five years ago, if you'd have told me where I was, I would have thought, that's crazy. That's amazing. But it hasn't been every single, you know, year that we're making leaps and bounds. It's, it's day by day, week by week kind of thing. So I want to show people that that's not impossible. And I want to help people do that for themselves. And maybe if I give that to them, they might be able to grow and give that to someone else. So just the empowerment of people. That's a huge part. You have to have that in your life. Like having something you can give to someone else, that's just going to make your life that much better. If you're just taking, you take, 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 like you're eventually not going to, you're not going to have the joy and happiness inside, that internal joy and happiness right. that I think every life can and should have. Yeah. Love that, man. Love that. I think purpose, I think true fulfillment comes from giving. Can you, what, what can you give? What can you give? Um, Awesome, dude. Well, thank you so much, dude, for coming on, man. This has been awesome. Appreciate it, man. Um, Alex Johnson, all right. Millennial Stories with Sammy V podcast, episode number three. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, as always, um, the guy that's doing the most work, the guy that's doing everything behind the scenes, Dave Hall, all right. Uh, Backpack Dave 365 on Instagram. If you need a photographer, a videographer, somebody, a creative director, um, reach out to him or shoot me a message and I'll, I'll get you over to him. Um, he's phenomenal. So thank you for uh, checking in. Please subscribe to the YouTube as well as um, if you're on SoundCloud or if you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, um, make sure to subscribe to the channel. That way you can get more, uh, more episodes just like this. Thank you so much and uh, God bless.